Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. With the biggest stories of the day, it's the Big Three at Three. Number one. Hey, I love it because that's, that's the truth of the matter. Right, no one can predict what's going to happen in the future even though people may say oh the future is bright or we have young talent like every year is different things happen you lose guys teams change every year so you have to own the moment that we have right now right now we have opportunity versus the Colts so that time is right now we handle business the right way we know how good our team can be we know how good good of football we can play so that time is now and I definitely agree with what CJ says Texans head coach D'Amico Ryan's talking about what his young QB said last week. The time is now. They don't want to wait. They don't want to get the job done now. They've got one more win to get in. That's Saturday evening, 7-15. On the practice field today, most were. Some were not. And those that were weren't always doing anything. (laughs) Per the uh, reports out there from uh, Cody Stute's Twitter, I uh, saw that Laramie Tunsil, Shaq Mason were not dressed out today. Jonathan Grenard was at practice, uh, but looked like a, uh, a DNP candidate. I did not practice candidate. And we'll get that official practice support to you when we get it, hopefully within the next hour. Nico Johnny Collins. <laughs> Johnny Greenard. Nico Collins looked good to go, uh, according to reports from the field. Remember, he got an arm or a hand banged up this past weekend, too, Clint. So something to keep an eye on for him. Will Anderson was present at practice, but looked like he'd be limited at best. Noah Brown was not seen, nor was Robert Woods. Usually a rest day for both of those guys as they've been under a load management kind of program for the Texans in uh, recent months. But kind of weird that Robert Woods and Noah Brown just weren't flat out seen. They're usually on the side catching balls even during their rest day. But uh, that's the latest from the Texans practice field. Uh, for Houston, any concerns about what you just heard, Clint? Not concerns. Uh, you know, a, a typical Wednesday practice on a short week. Um, it, it'd be hard for me to be concerned on this. On this, what would be a Wednesday practice? You got a lot of guys with vet days that have been doing it all year. You got a lot of guys that this time of year you've been playing a lot of football. So if you have been in the league at all and you've earned the the respect. Of getting a vet day, you're probably going to get that that day today. Um, you know, so I, I don't I don't see my 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 first practice of the week uh, report. I, I don't I don't allow that to create a lot of concern in my world. Now I'll tell you who, in my opinion, we got to keep our eye on. We need Jonathan Grenard and mm. we need Nico Collins. Those two dudes right there. 
those two dudes right there being on the field are absolute game changers for the game while it's going on. They change the game plan and how you scheme up what you're going to do that week. Um, you know, we saw last week. I don't. I don't want the Texans' offense to to, to play without Laramie Tunsil, but but I'm not. I'm not just down and out if they do. Yeah. I don't want the offense to not have Robert Woods. I think he'd be a valuable weapon in this particular game. Um, Noah Brown as well. But I think as long as Nico Collins and Dalton Schultz are there, I, I think you're you're okay, right? You start going down this list of guys that that are mentioned. And the two that stick out big time to me is if you got Jonathan Grenard on one side, Will Anderson on the other, and you got Derek Barnett, and you got Jerry Hughes, you got Majay Sanders to come in and, and mix things up behind them, you, you gonna, you can, you're going to be able to create a pass rush. If you've got Nico Collins on that football field along with Dalton Schultz and along with some of the weapons like you mentioned, Brevin Jordan, Devin, Devin Singletary, some of these guys out of the backfield um, – you you can you can move the football between the twenties and when you get in the red zone you got a couple of viable options there. Yeah. So to me it's about Jonathan Grenard and Nico Collins. The rest of them, hey, we'll wait and see. I hope they're part of it. It'd be in our best interest if they're part of it. But JG and Nico, them two right there, you just simply need to have and have to have this weekend to to move the football and 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 ultimately keep the the opponent from getting comfortable in the pocket. I like everything you just said, but I'll raise you a Collins. With another Collins, Malik Collins, by the way, on the practice field today. Need to get him back. That's just another force uh, working alongside with yeah. Sheldon Rankins in the middle. I like what I saw from the interior sure. this past weekend, but you can't ever have too many quality bodies. And uh, I, you know how well those two guys like working next to each other, like playing next to each other, but uh, just feed off of uh, one another in Rankins and Collins. If you can get him back this week. That would be huge. It feels like it's trending in the right direction where, theoretically, I know you're two weeks removed from losing Jimmy Ward and you got a banged up Laramie Tunsil and stuff like that, but you might be as healthy as you could expect this time of season with everything that had gone on. It's trending in that direction at the very least. Yeah, man, look, defensively, you get Malik Collins back and you get Jonathan Grenard back, and if Will keeps coming and and can, can, uh, you know, obviously – uh, take on more snaps this week. In, Blake Cashman is is healthy, obviously. Christian Harris is healthy. Uh, man, you, you look across that board. Kareem Jackson's going to be another week in, in uh, you know into learning this defense and, and becoming a player. D'Amico even uh, said he'd ramp up the reps I, for him as yeah, uh, as he gets more comfortable. Yeah, Sean, I, I'm telling you, man. If if JG and Malik Collins are healthy, this defense will be as good as they've been all year long. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will be better when you look at Tier Tartan. And, and you look at Derek Barnett now being a part of that two deep at the pass rush position. Kareem Jackson being in the secondary. Now with Des King rocking and rolling in the secondary. Blake Man. back in the middle. Yeah, Blake back in the middle. I mean, this defense with all the pieces on the football field, potentially, their ceiling, I'll put it to you this way, the ceiling for the Texans defense will be higher in week 18 than it's been all year long. And then you on top of that, what D'Amico Ryan said yesterday and said how, how much better he knows his personnel right now, they they had a chance to be significantly better in Week 18. They're better from a personnel standpoint. They're more experienced. Their defensive coordinator knows them better. Now it's all about are the key players healthy? Hmm. Can they go 100%? If they can, 
this defense has a chance to be better than it's ever been in week 18. You talk about peaking at the right moment. The arrow's pointed up. That's right, Big three and three. <laughs> Number two. Game on the line. It's Williams in motion. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. Wolverines win it 27-20. That's that milestone victory you just heard about right there. Their quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, was nice. 17-27, 221 in the air, three touchdowns. Bama's Jalen Milrow didn't get as loose as Clint thought, but 16-23 for 116 in the air. 21 rush attempts, just 63 yards, and that was putting in some work. Because he started his night off four rushes, minus 20 yards. (laughs) Not a good start for him. That late drive in the fourth quarter by Michigan uh, to convert that fourth and two, then get two back-to-back chunk plays of 16 and 29. That's when I thought, I'm watching the best football team in this football game, at least. Maybe it turns out the best in the entire country. Um, That was pretty evident for me. And then they flexed their muscle on a goal line stand late. Yeah, look, Sean, this one's easy for me, man. The better team won. Um, I, I, I do, I still believe that Alabama's the, the the more explosive, the faster, the twitchier team, and I thought that was going to be the difference, but but it wasn't because although they were the faster, twitchier, more explosive football team, when you look at it, the 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 advantage that Michigan had in terms of being physical and 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 playing fast, knowing what their plan was, executing their plan without thinking and playing fast, they were the better team. They were better in the trenches offensively and defensively, and they made this a heavyweight bout is what they did. And and they made this about a final drive in the game is what they did. And they were more physical. They were coached better. They were more prepared. They out-executed. Their quarterback was significantly better. Um, and and the better team won last night. I, I my, my thought was that the the speed of Alabama, really Jalen Milrow, would be a difference maker and and really make this put this out of reach to where Michigan all of a sudden, no matter how physical you are, you got to go make big plays. You got to play fast, mm-hmm. and that never happened for Alabama. Michigan kept it close. They made it about one drive. They capitalized on that one drive. And then in overtime, they made it about one drive, and their defense was dominant. It, it, it was uh, Michigan was the better football team, and 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 they are in the college football play a championship. Talk about one drive. Well, they're in that championship with this team, the Washington Huskies, after a thirty-seven to thirty-one victory over Texas last night. It became about one final drive, maybe one final play. And then you get another chance at one final play. I mean, how many opportunities did Texans did, did Texas actually get last night? Um, the the beneficiary of some really really close calls, but they just don't get it done. Quinn Ewers twenty four forty three three eighteen with a touchdown. Those numbers kind of inflated because, well, he hit a forty one yarder and a sixteen yarder to get them close and give them an opportunity to throw one into the end zone, but. Just couldn't get it done. Not 0 for 1, not 0 for 2, not 0 for 3, but 0 for 4 opportunities throwing the ball in the uh, end zone. Just couldn't couldn't connect. And I felt like Sarkeesian in that offense just limited itself there late, Clint, because they really shut that end zone down and they said, we're going to use this third of it. Like, they didn't use the entire end zone. It was kind of one track. They didn't use the entire field, I didn't think, late. I thought to their disadvantage. Yeah, look, I, I would have I would have bet a house note 
when it was first and 10 from the 12-yard line with enough time for Sarkeesian to run four plays, four shots at the end zone. With, with him being one of the better play callers in all of college football, one of the better offensive minds in all of college football, Quinn Ewers obviously knows the offense like the back of his hand. Um, you know, he's he's got multiple wide receivers that are problems um, in, in terms of going up and catching 50-50 balls. So you got a great schemer and some man beaters. Um, I would have bet a, a huge house note that Steve Sarkeesian would get it done and win that ball game. Yeah. Now, I didn't think they deserved to be where they were. I thought Washington was the better football team throughout the entire game. I'm surprised Washington wasn't up three scores, if we're being honest. Texas turned the football over twice, and against that offense, they were lucky to survive that and even have a shot, to be completely honest with you. They somehow found a way to, to stay in this thing down the stretch and give themselves a shot from the damn 12-yard line, four shots from the 12-yard line to win it. And, and Washington was able to to, to hang on. I, I still believe that the best football team won. Um, I know, and, and look, th- these two games changed my opinion. I, I did not think Michigan or Washington was, the, were, I, I thought this was a Texas-Alabama uh, a national championship game. After watching those football games, I think the more complete um, football teams, um, the more, the, 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 let's say, I say more is probably not fair, the teams that were better coached, more prepared, um, I think we're going to see those two teams match up in the national championship game. There you go. I firm, I firmly title believe game H Town Monday, January eighth at NRG Stadium. Number two, Washington. Number one, Michigan. By the way, the opening line: Michigan, a four and a half point favorite, over under fifty five for all you betters out you, there. You're talking about. I mean, look, and I know statistically this isn't necessarily fact, but but I, I do believe if you watch games, it's hard for you to go anywhere else. Um, you got the best defense in college football. Statistically, that is fact. Um, and I think you got the best offense in college football. Washington, when you talk yeah. about Washington and yeah. Michael Penix, uh, I know they're pass happy. They don't run it as well as some other teams do. But when you talk about this dude has got four wideouts now. One of them, one of them wasn't healthy all year long. He's got four wideouts now that are absolute problem. His offensive line won the Joe Moore Award. And I personally believe, after watching him last night on the biggest stage, the brightest lights, I believe he is the best quarterback in college football. Team of destiny? We shall see come January 8th. One thing's for sure, the Longhorns are not a team of destiny. (laughs) Big three and three. Number three. Glad you're not at that last stage, My you know, that denial you. stage. <laughs> My wife hates you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lauren. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, Ron's got to be happy somewhere after last night's Rockets victory over the Pistons. Up on that couch. <laughs> yeah. You may, yeah, right? Do you remember how concerned this dude was last week talking about, oh, my God, like we both talked about it. If the Rockets lost to the Pistons. Yeah, that wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have been good, but you didn't have to. You went in with a little less stress last night, right? Because the Pistons had beaten the Raptors a couple of nights right. ago. Some way, somehow, they get a two-point victory. Rockets destroy the Pistons. 136-113 <sighs> last night. A 47-point third quarter. That third has to be... Quarter. Is that a franchise record in any quarter? It might be. I want to say I read something. Like, let me let me check the, on that. Go look that up. I meant to do in it earlier. any quarter record, I'm, I'm going to go out of limb and say no chance. I think the Rockets Franchise actually have a 50-point. Well, oh, but that's what I'm is? talking about. No, not James, for sure. Like okay. with James Harden and those runs where they were scoring a boatload of points, I you don't think they ever scored more than 47 points I in a quarter? I think in that era, I think they had a 50-point quarter. I, I, I feel like I remember that. 
Um, but t- Tyler refined that for us. Uh, nevertheless, if he in does, that third if he quarter, Cheryl will, or maybe Ron, who's sitting on his couch with his toes up, maybe he can. Help. Maybe <laughs> getting a dang pedicure done. Uh, six threes in that third quarter. A ton of paints in the point. That was really the story of the ball game throughout. I mean, they scored from all over the place. Uh, one of their top players in the ball game over the course of the last five games, certainly, really all season. Alperin Shingun, twenty six points last night, nine assists, four rebounds. Jabari Smith uh, led the Rockets uh, with uh, six rebounds, and uh, let's see who else. Oh yeah, hmm. This guy, everybody was crushing. Uh, what's his name? Jalen Green. Jalen Green tonight, didn't he? Three straight games of twenty plus points. Mm. Only the second time he's done that all season long, and he's doing it maybe the most efficient way that he's done it in his career. Uh, he's taken much better shots. Was good from three last night. I think knocked in six of them alone. Uh, Fifteen to thirty-five total for the Rockets as a team. Let's really, go, really. Rocket. It's a good win because you did exactly what you were supposed to do against the worst team in the entire league, the Detroit Pistons. Now in the midst of a seven-game homestand, uh, they've got tonight off before uh, tipping it back off tomorrow, I believe, against the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, kudos to the Rockets. That's going to do it for our big three at three. And look, we've got to talk about something next segment. I don't know how realistic it's going to be. I don't know how realistic it is, but I love Devin Singletary. I love the Texans haven't given up on Damian Pierce. I love the fact that Bobby Slowick in that offense, whether it's with C.J. Stroud. Man, would Clint, you get to it already, man? We got, we got Stroud. a former Pro Bowl, one of the best running backs in, in, in the NFL in the recent history is on the streets, man. We going to pick this guy up or what? Are we? I don't know. We'll talk about it next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Sean Bajani in for Ron Hughley. He's Clint Sterner. Tyler Milner here. It's The Drive on Sports Radio 610. Yeah, I should have just come out and said it, but I guess maybe I was trying to convince myself like this could be even a possibility. Do I even want to think that it is? We can discuss. You can weigh in. 713-572-4610. I'm talking about the Jets waving running back Dalvin Cook. 28 years old, sparingly used this season. Uh, Some people think he's washed. I tend to believe otherwise, but we shall see. 
Um, I don't know if he's going to clear waivers or not. I don't know how that process works. If he's in the midst of it right now as we speak, I can just tell you this. At about uh, 43 minutes ago, the news broke that the Jets were waving bye-bye to Dalvin Cook, which means he clears waivers, he'll be an unrestricted free agent, can sign with a team, and can make a Super Bowl run with whomever uh, he chooses best. Do the Texans kick the tires on Dalvin Cook? Yes, absolutely you kick the tires. Look, when when Tom Pelissero, when he crafts a tweet, right, to, to announce this the uh, release of a four-time Pro Bowl running back in Dalvin Cook. Um, he, he says this is done to allow Cook the opportunity to play for a playoff team per his agency. Um, the beautiful thing about this is is when we, when we see uh, to allow an opportunity to play for a playoff team, that includes the Houston Texans, okay? And, and you look at the running back situation, and regardless of what you make of it, Devin Singletary is doing a a good job, um, but there is a a desperate need for a running back that fits this system, if you will. When I say fit, knows this system is is uh, experienced in the league in different multi in multiple systems, multiple run game schemes. Um, has the ability to make a defender miss. Has the ability to take it the distance. Um, there is a need here in Houston. They are on the verge of being a playoff team. And when I look at this team from the other perspective, which is Dalvin Cooks, if you're Dalvin Cook, you got a damn sure like the opportunity to get in this running back room and get touches. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just this year. I'm talking about down the road and what this team's building and what D'Amico Ryan's wants. Um, we've said this before. D'Amico Rhines has made this a destination organization. I do believe players want to play in this system. Um, and, and, I, and I firmly believe, I personally believe, that Dalvin Cook still has plenty left in the tank to help a football team for years to come. All right, correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> As he's going through waivers, we're talking about heading into the last week of the season. The Texans aren't in the playoffs yet. Okay, they need to win to get in. The Texans turn on the waiver wire would theoretically be the first amongst every other playoff team that is bound for the postseason already this year. Right. So Texans turn comes up on the waiver wire. They should nab him on waivers. If they want Dalvin Cook, there's no way you allow him to clear waivers because if he clears waivers, he's an unrestricted free agent. He gets to choose where he wants to go. In no way, shape, or form would he choose to come to the Houston Texans, a team that is not guaranteed to get in beyond, <laughs> you know, this Saturday's game with the Colts. Like, is he waiting? And if he's waiting, why wouldn't he choose the likes of the Ravens, the likes of the Browns, the likes of the Dolphins, the likes, you know, those teams that are guaranteed your seeds one through five in either conference that are guaranteed to get in. If the Texans want him, you have to claim him off of waivers, and chances are nobody that's before the Texans on the waiver wire would be touching him with a ten foot pole yeah, yeah, for the I, final I game of the season, right? I, you know, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, you know, whether Baltimore or Cleveland would be interested. I, I don't, and I'm just using those teams as, as you mentioned. There's also Kansas. There's, there's plenty of teams up there. Forty ers yeah. look, and I, I, I invoked all of those teams because, of, because of course. 
It only took 49 minutes, Clint. There's already an article out about the top five destinations, uh, the biggest, uh, the, 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 the possible landing spots for Dalvin Cook. Cowboys, Ravens, Dolphins, 49ers, Browns. Yeah, I mean, there you have it. Arguably, list them again. Cowboys are number one. God dog it. All right, Cowboys, Ravens, Dolphins, 49ers, and the Cleveland Browns. Those are your top five most likely destinations for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, if if one of those teams wants Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cooks is literally making this decision based on on the, a, a legitimate playoff run, mm-hmm. um, then then obviously there's there's going to be better suitors. Assuming everybody wants Dalvin Cook services, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think there's some of those teams that are going to be happy with what they have. Um, but but I, I look at it as as a a more of a future play for the Texans in terms of them showing interest. I don't know if they can get it done. I don't know what it's going to take to get it done. Mm-hmm. But in terms of them showing interest and in flipping the tires, I think the answer is absolutely yes. And then I, I think Dalvin Cook is, Cooks is crazy being where he's at in his, his career if he doesn't consider Houston along with anybody. Right? You go to the 49ers, it's nice on there. Dalvin Cook ain't going to the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey plays 97% of the snaps. Exactly. He, he, you know, he's not going there. Um, the, the Dolphins may make some some decent sense for him. Cleveland, he ain't going there. Chubb's going to be back next year unless this is legitimately for a, 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 a hope to win a win a title this year with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I, I would be willing to bet you there's more to the the decision than that for, for Dalvin Cook. But nonetheless. Yeah, you're probably going to a place where you can see a future. I would think so. You know, I, look, I don't. I don't know contractually. <laughs> I don't know contractually how it ties the Dalvin Cook to whatever team claims him. Or I would imagine he's going to clear waivers. If he clears waiver, becomes a street free agent, now he can go wherever the hell he wants to go. Like, like I don't know exactly what that looks like. What kind of commitment he wants? What kind of commitment the team would want? I don't get off in all that contract talk because I don't even pretend to understand all of it. But if it's at all possible. The Texans are a team on the rise, and I'm talking about on a rise as as quickly as anybody in the league in terms of arriving and being a playoff team. And there's one glaring issue with this football team that I think is is one guy away, and that's the running back room. Yeah. I, I just if the Texans want him, you have to claim him off of waivers. It's it's just that simple. I, I don't I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Unless you let this season play out and then this offseason you go out and get him and you sign him to a deal, if we're talking future. But if you're talking this year, you have to claim him off of waivers because well, well, he's not going to choose you. He's not going to choose the Texans. Unless it comes but after you're, but Saturday. You're, but you're assuming that all those other teams are going to want the guy. Oh, and why, why wouldn't you want running back depth? Well, I mean, why, back why, depth. why was he available so long for the New York Jets? He went to the New York Jets because he thought he was going to be playing with Aaron Rodgers. No, no, no I, I get it, I get it, but it's it ain't like that. It ain't like folks were beating his door down when when he. I mean, I know there were some teams that were interested. I think the Miami Dolphins were them that was very yeah. interested. Look, but I don't but know. it wasn't like it wasn't like that. Uh, like everybody was beating the guy's door down. I, I, look, I I don't know, I, Sean. I don't know exactly. A guy that's rushed for more than eleven hundred yards in four straight seasons has made four straight Pro Bowls. Has yep. finished what top five in uh, Player of the Year. Uh, inside of the last five seasons, uh, he's 28 years old. I don't know why a lot of teams wouldn't want a guy like that, uh, unless it's just he's not a system fit. Which, 
you know what? Like, you get a talent like that, I'm going to worry about the system later. I, I, oh, I agree. I'm not a system fit guy. I think if you're a top-of-the-line running back, you 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 figure things out. You've got patience. You've got vision. You've got, There's something that makes you great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just I don't think it would be crazy. Like, to me, and again, I don't know if this is a future play or if it's just a playoff play. I don't know what it turns out to be for Dalvin Cook. But if it is a play that ties you to a team longer than this year, Dalvin Cook would be silly to sign with the San Francisco 49ers over the Texans. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because of Christian McCaffrey. Right. So, <laughs> so, so I mean, the list of him potentially signing with the 49ers. I mean, it's, it's like he like, – I, I just think there's more to, the, to the, 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 the possibility than that. And I think the Texans should be in the conversation. Like, if we're having a legit conversation about running back needy football teams that would, that would sign him and he would move the needle for them, mm-hmm. um, I, I think Houston's probably at the top of that list. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I mean, it, Miami's got some serious speed in their in their backfield and and at, in that running back room well, that they're scoring a lot of points with. He was rumored to go to the Dolphins yep, before yep. he'd signed with the Jets, yep. and we had conversations about, oh my goodness, like what would that Dolphins offense look like with Dalvin Cook and Tyree Kill and <laughs> Jalen Waddle and Tua doing Tua things? It'd be crazy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll keep you updated as we find out more with Dalvin Cook, whether he clears waivers or not. Hopefully we'll find that out before the uh, end of the show. But I don't know. I wouldn't anticipate that. We'll see. What we do know is the official injury report for your Houston Texans is out. When we come back, we will have that for you. And I'm going to ask you a question. You think about it. Which scenario would be the best thing for the Houston Texans, assuming they win this weekend's primetime matchup with the Indianapolis Colts? We'll discuss next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Every once in a while, we make a mistake. I made a mistake. I forgot we have C.J. Stroud in this segment. What? Speaking how the hell did you do that? I don't Johnny? know. Johnny? I don't know. I got a, we got all hot and heavy in the Dalvin Cook stuff. And I he was, was ready thinking to, about Sarah Jessica he's Parker. thinking about that damn, <laughs> damn <way> you. <laughs> I, I was, I was. All right, we got to make some time for CJ Stroud addressing the Houston media right now at NRG. Take a listen. Um, I think I've grown a lot in a lot of different places. Um, I think our team has grown as a whole. Uh, I think we've um, put a Again, a multitude of games together to make our team um, really kind of stick like glue. Like we we've come into a, a great situation of like now we're starting to pick up our chemistry better than ever. So um, it's like night and day from week two to now. So you've played a lot of big games in your life. What's your approach in regards to either talking about the magnitude of it and taking it head on, or just business as usual? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I really feel. I mean. Yeah, you gotta just gotta keep it. It is what it is. Like, uh, you don't want to make it too high. You don't want to make it too low. It's just a regular game. Since I told my teammates earlier, like it's the same game we've been playing since we've been young. You know, so nothing changes. Um, gotta just prepare hard and do everything that we need to do to um, try to win this game. And uh, I think that'll take us home. But trying to make it too big that'll like psych you out and make you nervous and stuff. So I, I just believe in staying even kill. I mean, we built a lot of strong relationships this, this year. Um, a lot of guys coming in and coming out, um, and, and like the core group of guys, we've really got, gotten close and then invited those new guys in with open arms. You know, um, think our front office has done a great job of bringing guys in who like to be in the locker room. And we have really all of our players. I feel are really um, comfortable around each other. Uh, we all have great conversation and things like that. So 
Um, it's been great to get to know uh, these new group of teammates and brothers that I have, and we're we're closer than ever. Yeah, um, I think their defense really is, is is a really good defense. Of course, up front with uh, 99 and 90, uh, two really good players. Um, uh, of course, and Zaire Franklin is is a good backer. Um, he flies around. I think he has the most tackles in the league right now. So um, he's doing a good job by getting guys on the ground and stuff. So um, gotta just be on our A game with everything and uh, do us do us as best as we can. Um, and uh, I'm really uh, excited for this matchup. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the, just the group of guys that uh, we put together um, had a winning mindset from like the, from the beginning, and um, I really feel like it wasn't ever in my mind. I was like, man, I'm going out there to, to lose or to not to lose, but to like try to win. Like, nah, we're going out to win. You know, like that's the mindset I think everybody in our locker room has. So um, it really was early on, like probably even like in rookie mini, mini camp, being with the rookies. Um, that, that's when my confidence started to build up. So um, it's been good because we've actually been able to win games, you know, and um, it's never about what everybody else says, about what we put on the field. We're, we're the ones that control. Everybody else just, just watches, you know. <laughs> so, but it is what it is, and um, I think we built something special, but we got to just finish. What's the balance from, you know, week two? You guys played on week two. You guys are a much different team now, but, you know, just looking at some of the stuff that worked there versus just kind of focusing on, how the Colts have looked in the past, like, month. What's kind of that balance of self-scouting against them versus what they've done recently? Yeah, I mean, week two from now is you have two different football teams, you know. Like, they're a different team, we're a different team. And you've got to kind of plan for what they've been doing um, lately, not more so what they did against, against us. Of course, you got to watch it and look because that's good uh, background, you know, just to see how guys play, how they move around. And I feel like you definitely got to be able to uh, throw that stuff away and look to like the last couple of games they've played and, and really lock into what they're doing now. And they're, they're a really special team. Like, they've done a lot of great things, and um, it's going to be a good matchup. CJ, you're, you're talking about you know, the relationships that you build. Why is that so important, maybe particularly inside this locker room? Uh, it, it seems like that is especially cohesive inside the locker room. You guys trust one another, all those things. Why is that so important to the product that you put on the field? Yeah, I think like for the guys who've been places who that have won a lot of games, uh, like myself, I mean, the closest teams I've been on were the best teams. Um, and it's something that happens naturally. Like you can't force it. Then it's just unauthentic, you know, and everybody's just kind of like just not being themselves. And that's not what you want. Um, but the other guys like LT, uh, Shaq Mason, you know, um, uh, really all the guys, um, Jimmy Ward, like, Whenever they get up and talk, they really talk about how the closest teams were the best teams they've ever been on. So um, that's something that was big for us in the beginning, and we built that nationally, you know. And D'Amico also says the same thing, and um, that's really probably why we're so close. Winning too. <laughs> Um, we were playing actually with the Colts week two, 
and we were like probably like plus 25 around like 25 30 yard line and we call like a um not really a shot but like a four vertical look and um they did a good job by carrying the safeties with the vertical seams and uh i had Mitch, or no, I was I was looking to the right and I went left, and I had Mitch in the flat, and I didn't take it, and I tried to hit the check. The check down was there too. I didn't take it, and I ran. I got hit, and I threw it away. I took an extra hit for no reason, you know. So uh, in this past game, we had a a, a shot play. They went Tampa two, um, and I seen it was taken away, and I threw it to DP. He made a, a good catch, and and like that's just growth right there, you know, just. Uh, knowing not to take hits when you don't need to and just getting the ball at your hand, helping your old line out, you know. So that's something, that's like an example of me growing in that type of area. TJ, you've been in a, a lot of big games, but how would you, where would you rate, rate, sorry, rate this game, your playing for a chance to go to the playoffs on national television and a prime time, your first primetime game in the NFL? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm ready to have fun. I think, like I was saying earlier, it's just, Go be myself, you know. Go, go be ourselves. Go, just put it on the field, and uh, there's nothing, nothing to lose, you know. Like, I mean, there's a lot to lose, but in my mindset, there's nothing to lose. Like, what are you gonna go out there and, and uh, like, we're really just gonna go out there with confidence. Like, that was the main thing we talked about today, uh, being relentless in every single thing that we do, and um, what's the worst that can happen, you know, by playing hard and playing fast. So uh, we don't, we don't. Doubt ourselves. We really think we can win this game, and that's the plan. So, we're going to just execute. In your career, the biggest game you've been a part of, like the Georgia game or the Louisville game, obviously this is probably the biggest game so far in your rookie year. But like the biggest game you've always been able to play at your absolute best. What is it about those type of moments that brought the best out of you? I think, like I said, just being myself. You know, just not making the moment bigger than. Um, Bigger than what it is, and uh, just going out there and having fun. Like this game is meant to have to be fun, so that's what I plan to do. You know, not not be in my in the eggshell. I'd be nervous. Like, of course, they're going to be national. I've national nerves every game, but um, I just think those are probably the reason why I just really just lock into my preparation and things like that. Last one, Sarge. Um, at this point of your career, it seems like you know, and working to you to just Um, yeah, we have a good mixture of um, just conversation um, and input that we get to put in there uh, for the game plan and stuff. And um, I've been trying to get more in and, and things like that. And um, it's just a, a conversation, you know, uh, going between quarterback room and Bobby and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's been a lot more just uh, just a trust factor um, that I've been able to protect the ball really well and things like that. And um, that's really big, you know, going into uh, your first year. Um, I feel like really for everybody, like year one to year 15, whatever that is, like protecting the ball puts trust into your coordinator that, that he can call a play, and if it's not there, you'll be smart with it and not make a bad play worse or whatever. So um, it's been good. I've been able to, to to ask for certain things and get certain looks and do different stuff. So um, it's been good, and hopefully just keep building that. There you go, C.J. Stroud from NRG addressing the Houston media ahead of the biggest game of the season, the winner go home against the Indianapolis Colts. On Saturday, 7-15, of course, he had to field the uh, proverbial, what's it going to be like to play in a primetime game? 
Um, <laughs> I always think those are silly questions because there's cameras around already. It, you know, they're not watching the game. They're playing in the game. Who the hell cares? Yeah. I don't think um, it's a factor at all, is it? No, no, no. I mean, no, look, it, it's... Um it's hard to ignore the hype around the game. Um, you know, I looked up a while ago, Adam Adam Schefter, I believe, or Ian Rappaport, one of the two, they're retweeting the Texans injury report now. Oh, that's a lot of starters. You know, and by the way, we're going to hit that in the next segment, the Texans injury report. Um, but, like, there's a lot, lot of interest around this football game. Clearly, it's why it got flexed into the Saturday night time slot, prime time slot, uh, prime time, time slot. So, um, it, it's hard to completely ignore because there'll be a lot more media requests, um, and, and there there'll be the questions. Obviously, will be different. Will be about prime time and about the playoffs, and so it's hard to completely ignore. But but yeah, once the the thing is once once the game once you go to pregame meal mm-hmm. and you you get on the same bus and you go to the same locker room, you get dressed, you go down the same tunnel to the same hundred yard football field that you call home. It's got you. You, t- you grab that that uh, that pigskin. It's got four panels, eight laces, and you go out there and you play the game, no matter what time it is. So, so ultimately, the only time it matters is kind of in the build up and the lead into the game. And I think I think D'Amico Ryan's has done a tremendous job keeping these guys grounded. Now, there's been a couple of times you could tell he was frustrated after losses. Yeah, maybe they maybe they got to feeling themselves a little bit. Maybe he didn't like the way they prepped or the way they responded to a win or a loss. But but that's growing pains of a rebuilding franchise, and it appears. That that uh, D'Amico has done a really good job of of grooming these guys for this particular situation. I think man. so. I think that's a good point. I mean, D'Amico's talked a number of times throughout the course of the season about his team being able to respond after a loss, and we've seen that. Uh, and the Texans have done well. That's something that D'Amico felt like they they were able to kind of. Um, respond well to early on in the season, even before the bye week. You know, yeah. he talked about how proud he was of his team being able to respond after a loss. It was, and I asked him the question weeks ago, well, what about the team's mindset, preparation, ability to respond to a win? Yeah. And that was something that he flat out said, you know what? Yeah, we could do better at that. And I feel like they've gotten better at that. Um, to me, it's about the routine. Like when you're talking about a prime time game, something that's, you know, well beyond your usual noon start. When you're talking about having to kick off at 7.15, guys not being used to sitting around and doing yeah. nothing all day, that's the change. And D'Amico, I think, addressed that on his coach's show, what was it, yesterday on Texans Radio with Vandy and Harris, and that, uh, look, they have one example they can point to, and that was that fourth and final preseason game against the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. They played at night there, and yeah, they're going to use the similar schedule. But but these guys these guys have all played co- big-time college ball or, or in the league for a handful of years where you get a drop they, on that. they played on, you know, with a long day of rest. That they're, they're, The one thing that, that, that I think pro athletes, the majority of, if not all of them, do really, really, really well uh, is adapt to situations like that. I mean, it, it, they they compartmentalize. They don't let it bother them. They 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 block out the noise. They, they the really good ones have the ability to do that. All these guys have experience playing late games, traveling. Like we start talking about short weeks and traveling here, traveling there. Man, the game got moved up, or man, the game got moved back to a later time, and you've been playing all noon games. Like that's the least of my worries mm-hmm. as it pertains to the Houston Texans. So. We'll um we'll see how that all goes down, but we got an injury report, boys. We got an injury report. Like I said, it's an injury report for the Houston Texans that Ian Rappaport is tweeting 
uh, quote tweeting because, damn it, there's a lot of starters on that list. Is that a typical first practice of the week, a lot of rest, or do we have problems in Houston before the most important ball game of the year? We'll cuss and discuss next right here on Sports Radio 610. Put those uniforms back in the trunk. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.